you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, hey, Pastor Jorgen, wherever you are, you're right back there on a camera today. Thank you so much for giving God's word last week. We really appreciate you and that great word. Um, Yeah, really encouraging us. So we're on this series called The Future Church and really looking at this next generation, specifically Gen Z, but it includes the millennials, understanding um, of... You know, how, what Jorgen shared with us last week is, is how are we cultivating? What garden are we planting? And understanding the seeds that we're planting today will reap a harvest. And what is the harvest that we're reaping? So in other words, how are we impacting our young generation? Because how we're treating them, how we're investing in them, they will eventually become something. And we have the opportunity to today to help shape that and really challenging us to realize it's the... How are they seeing Jesus in our lives? How are we doing as those who are a little bit older? Now, those of you who are younger in here, our commitment is to you. Our commitment is to continue to pour into you and invest in you. Well, today we're going to really be talking about how the kingdom of God belongs to really the kids, the young people. And Jesus had a lot to uh, say about our young people. And especially in a day and age when Jesus was on earth... Uh, We're going to recount some things. Actually, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. If you don't have your Bibles, you can take your phones, look at the Grace Capital Church app. Uh, You'll find the Bible um, app also embedded in there. Uh, You can just go to your app store and download that or just to find your favorite Bible app. But we're going to be in Matthew 19 to start off. But in a culture that where Jesus was uh, when he, he lived on earth... Um, some 2,000 years ago, uh, kids were definitely not treated with high value. Their, Their value was what they could get done around the house for you. Their value was what could you bring to the family. But they were definitely a don't be seen. I mean, you can be seen, but don't be heard, right? Maybe some of you also grew up in a house like that, uh, where, you know, as a kid, you were to, to be seen, but not heard. And, and Jesus kind of went against, Jesus was always countercultural. He always has a different way of presenting something to us. And I think it's, that's why we always have to go back to God's word and say, God, what are you saying? Because the kingdom of God, which by the way is here now, you don't have to wait to go to heaven to experience the kingdom of God. You can experience his kingdom here now. But we have to understand how to live in a kingdom way and have a kingdom perspective, kingdom of God perspective. So here Jesus is starting in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, Jesus is starting to, to talk about some heavy subjects of divorce and remarriage. And he's talking about if you divorce somebody, then remarry. It's like um, committing adultery, you know, heavy subjects. And then all of a sudden people said, hey, this guy, Jesus, like, prays blessing. He prays healing over them. And they started bringing kids to Jesus. And the, and the disciples were like, Get the kids out of here. Kids are to be seen, not heard. Don't bother Jesus. You know, Jesus is, is the master and, and kids get away. But in Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, 14, where it says, The children were brought to him that they, he might lay hands on them and pray. 
The disciples rebuked the people. Now that rebuke means it's like kind of they're harsh with them. He rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. In other words, don't keep them away. For such belongs the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And he laid hands on them and then they went away. In a culture where the kids were not to be really engaged in that way, Jesus said, no, 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 come close. I want them to come close. He saw great value in them. And not only did he see value, but he says, such are is the kingdom of God that they would experience the kingdom of God, just like these kids. So, so what? my question for us today is, what did Jesus see that the disciples did not? I'm always curious to understand, what is, what is Jesus seeing? What is the kingdom of God that we're missing? And there the disciples were missing something. And it makes me realize, what do we miss also? What, what do we need to be realigned with? And what, what, what truth do we need to be reshaped with? And how do we need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying? Well, let me just, uh, I think part of my job is to continue to paint the reality. I, first week of this series, uh, I talked about how the young people were going to be leaving in the next 30 years, by 2050, in the next 30 years, uh, that, that the young population will be leaving the churches in droves. A million children a year or youth a year will be leaving the church. So that's the, well, I was talking about those who are in the church, but let me just talk about those who may be in the church, but a lot of people who aren't in the church, which by the way, our call is to reach those people with the hope and freedom that Jesus can only give. But let me give you a couple other statistics. According to the National Institute of Health, nearly one in three young people between 13 and 18 will experience an anxiety disorder. These numbers have risen steadily between 2007, 2012, anxiety disorders in children and teens went up by 20%. Why, the question is why are our young people suffering so much? Yeah, that's now just a statistic to 2012. Let me give you another statistic. Well, here's another one about um, diagnosed issues. So 7.4 children between the age of 3 and 17, almost approximately 4.5 million children in our United States have a diagnosed behavioral problem. Okay, that's related to also other issues going on in the home. 7.1% of children aged 3 to 17, approximately 4.4 million of them have diagnosed anxiety. These are the people who have actually gone, seen a doctor that they've diagnosed it and it's reported. 3.2% of children at the age of 3 to 17, approximately 1.9 million, are diagnosed with depression, clinical depression. What's going on in our world today? U.S. News and World Report. The title is, What's Driving the Rise in Teen Depression? And let me just read you some of those things. Mental health disorders in the last few years have more than doubled. Let me read this for you. 
A study published this month in the Journal of Abnormal Psychology finds that over the past decade, the number of youth with mental and health disorders have more than doubled. This particular study examined data from the National Survey of, on Drug Use and Health, which was collected data on drug and alcohol use and mental health issues since 1971. Here's what the survey finds. For youth, major depression has increased 52% from 2005 to 2017. From 8.7% to 13.2%. And it rose 63% in young adults from 18 to 25. So what is going on? And then I'm going to relate it to the church. I'm going to relate it to Jesus here in a moment. Those statistics for me, I, I kind of hear anecdotally. I have a daughter who's a senior uh, in high school. I have a son who is a sophomore in college. And then I have a little guy. He's in seventh grade. But the stories that I hear of depression, anxiety, substance misuse, is all alarming. And by the way, the substance misuse is really to cover the pain that's going on inside somebody's life. But there are issues. This idea of a hyper connection and an overstimulus to so social media or media. Uncertain times, we talked about Gen Z, how, and the reality is they've only known what it was like to live in a time of of terror post 9-11 a world that's in, insecure right uh, mass shootings shootings in schools so this idea of uncertain times and by the way there's also this uh, not enough sleep because the competition is so high to for achievement and i keep telling my daughter these statistics and she doesn't believe me but i'll give it to her again she's in the kids classroom today serving so she won't be bothered by these statistics like dad were you really trying to talk to me but really talk to everybody you know parent through a crowd don't do that <laughs> all right it says teens are notoriously sleep deprived only getting about seven hours now you said seven hours is great right you think seven hours is great but the national sleep foundation's recommendation is 8.5 to 9.2 hours for our young people you just think about it. if you've got young people in your life they are not getting anywhere close to that all right, so these are just facts and statistics, but how does that relate to God's word and how does it relate to our next gen and the future church? Well, it relates because our kids need something that's concrete. They need a foundation. They need a firm foundation. So the interesting thing that Jesus then talks a lot about kids Back in Matthew chapter 18, and you're going to see this slide in here, I'll just read you uh, some scripture from Matthew 18, 1 through 5. The disciples came to Jesus and he asked this question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Would that be a question you would ask? <laughs> Jesus, am I awesome? Really is what the disciples wanted to hear. Like, Jesus, you picked us, so we must be awesome, right? Who's the greatest? We must be the greatest. Well, only like Jesus does, he bursts the bubble and he says, uh, well, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called to him a child 
He put him in the middle of them, and he said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm not going to go really into the deep theology of what that means. You can do a little self-study of, like, what does it mean to become like a child? But what Jesus was saying in this moment, and it relates to how he viewed kids... And I've got a hum here for a second. Oh, he's got it. And, and he, it relates to how we could also view kids and the, how the Jesus culture viewed kids as kind of like seen, not heard, not really valuable, not really important. Let's just make sure they have some activity for them. You know, for, for uh, me, my concern is, hey, you know what? We've got youth group on a different night. We've got kids ministry, but, you know, we just need something to keep the kids occupied so they don't make noise in the real church. Right? That could easily be a misunderstanding or it could easily be a thought for us that, that becomes this place where we say, well, we'll just put the kids, we've got to have something for them, but that's, let's not really, we don't need a lot of resources for them. And something that God has really challenged me on in this series alone is realizing how not only valuable but they are, but, but by serving our kids. And this is what Jesus was saying in this, in this who's the greatest. You have to become like a kid. Because he goes on to say this, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Now you got to think about that for a moment. It should be up there on your screen. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. So in other words, if you receive a kid, in other words, if you serve a kid, if you care about a child, a youth, you're actually receiving Jesus himself. What he's saying is, culture, you had it wrong. His culture. What he's saying for us as it relates to these statistics, are, are our kids just statistics? Or do we have to say, guess what? Depression is on the rise. Suicide is on the rise. Hopelessness is on the rise. Anxiety is on the rise. Well, let's just keep them occupied doing a bunch of stuff, but we're really not going to address what's going on in their lives. But Jesus says, you serve one of them, you're serving me. And a lot of people say, hey, I want to find out what my calling is in life. Well, I guarantee you, you start caring about the things that Jesus cares about, and you'll find your calling. <laughs> Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. You know, he goes on and talks about, this is why I love Pastor Bill Pelletier and what he does. And he works with a team. It's not him. And we've got Carol Clifford, who's been faithful in the prison system. We've got others. Lori, you're starting to help out in the prison. And, and he'll take more guys and girls. John LaCourse, you're here somewhere too. You've got a ministry inside the prison. There you are, John. And uh, Sue LaCourse. I mean, there's just people who have caught this vision to realize that when we serve the least of these, remember the separation of the sheep, sheep and goats? Not going to go a lot into that one, but he, Matthew 25, you know, those, those in prison, those are sick, those are like um, the poor, those without water. That's why I love our Haiti team going and serving them. But guess what? They actually serve Jesus when they're serving those people. 
And when we go into the prisons and when we, when we care about our kids, those are the, the considered the, the throw, almost throwaways of society. Those are like, not so important. Like, because after all, I'm going to go back to a church setting. After all, isn't this the main event right here? Today, isn't this the main event? And I'd say, actually, this is good. We should be instructed by God's word. But the, I would think the main event is actually going on in these classrooms that's going on here today. Because those who are serving our kids' ministry, those who are in those classes, they're actually serving Jesus. They're actually serving Jesus. Well, here comes another thing, though, that, that becomes a point of caution for us. And it gives a warning to us in Matthew chapter 18. So a lot of this is packed into Matthew's writings about what Jesus is, how he lived. So Matthew, remember, he was one of Jesus' followers, his disciples, and he wrote these accounts of Jesus. So here in Matthew chapter 18, red letters, meaning Jesus is speaking this, verse 6. It says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin or stumble, the translation also means stumble, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Ooh, Jesus, man, that's harsh words. And then you think, okay, well, how do I cause a somebody small or a little person, a, a, a youth or a teen or a young adult or a kid to stumble? You know, in many ways, I, I often thought, well, it's kind of like those big things, right? You know, if, if, if it was, you know, you mistreated somebody or you introduced them to something that was like damaging to their minds or um, yesterday we were part of an event that was here at this church and uh, I'm just going to go on a baby, baby rabbit trail because I don't have a lot of time, but it was stories of people who have experienced same-sex attraction, became gay or lesbian or transgender, and then they found Jesus and how Jesus walked them back out of that lifestyle and, and found hope and freedom. And they were sharing their story and testimony. This was through an event that Cornerstone, one of our partners, um, put on. And it was, uh, myself was here, Pastor Richie led worship for it. And, and it was amazing. But a lot of those ones were introduced to pornography at a young age. And so part of me would think, okay, well, that's the causing somebody to stumble. I get that. That's like wrecks somebody's life. But, but if Pastor Jorgen said this last week, he says, how are young people viewing us in the church? Do we walk together with unity? Do we know how to offer people grace? Do we know how to, like, why are, are young people choosing to leave the church? What is it that's saying that I don't see, Je I think what they're saying is I don't see Jesus in our church. Or the, the way that they see it. And so I'm, I'm concerned that I'm going to be held accountable to potentially saying, if I don't really, really, and all of us collectively really, really understand how we're caring for our young people, how we're modeling Jesus to them, could we be those people that Jesus is talking about here? 
Because causing them to stumble might be just having them, you know, just walk away from their faith. What would cause somebody to walk away from their faith? And I know we don't have to take full responsibility, but we have to take some. So I love when I see somebody like a Callie up here or a Cole. By the way, this is brother and sister up here. I don't know if anybody wanted to. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, when I see young people like that, though, who are engaged or involved, somebody had to make room for them. You see, because if we don't make room for them today, they won't be around tomorrow. <laughs> If we don't make room for them today, they won't be around tomorrow. So I'm, I'm beginning to really wrestle through, and I don't have it figured out yet. But I would love the privilege to lead us into this journey of figuring out what it means to really make room for this next generation. You see, this next generation, wants they want to be contributors into the kingdom of God, just not consumers of religious activities. And it really means that we have to look at what we do. Are we just doing service because that's what we, we do? See, I love Faith. Let her come run up here. Let the children come. <laughs> I love it. Will she come up to me, Faith? Will you, would you bring her up here for a second? She's already tried. She's already tried. So let her come. I'd like to... Can I hold her, actually? She'll make a great illustration. Can you remind me her name again, Faith? It's Cadence. Cadence. Come on, girl. You want to come up into the light? This is where you wanted to go. This whole time. Oh, here we go. Oh, well... So it might think that she's like really wanting to see me, but she's not. Daddy's in the drum cage. So, um, so Cadence, you know what? Our job is, I know you, you want this too, right? Because you like, no, you want mama. So you can come up here for a minute. So, you know, she is, is a great example though of at some point in time, she's going to have the privilege of even knowing Jesus or not knowing Jesus. Now, we do child dedications, which mean we entrust the parents to raise them up in the way they should go. But guess what? We're a, gr a greater spiritual family that we have the responsibility to invest into this next generation. And if they're going to be relegated to just some Sunday school or just some... Whoop, all right. She might want to just jump off here. So you're good to go. <laughs> you know, we... Whoop, Thank you, Cadence. Thank you. Um, you know, relegated to some class, or we just have some youth program that we just kind of like, we're just happy that kids are doing whatever. Two factors. It's for the kids who are in our church, but I would say today my heart breaks for those who are, kids are in our schools our elementary schools, our middle schools, our high schools that face so much hurt, so much pain, so much confusion. And the world only has one solution for that hurt and pain, and it's just to medicate it. That's the solution. 
drugs, alcohol, sex, more social media, all the things that will continue to rob from them. But when there's a true answer, and that's the love of Jesus Christ, that he builds a family, a spiritual family, to say, we will love you, we will care for you, we'll raise you together. It's an old saying that says it takes a village to raise a child, and I believe that's so true in a church family. It takes a church family to raise a child. You might say, I don't have kids. Well, guess what? You have a place to invest into our kids. Families, young families, if you haven't even started your families yet, know that we're committed at Grace Capital Church to invest into your kids. But we want to partner with you. We don't want you to just drop off your kids. We don't, we don't want you to just to kind of like, hey, this is my, I need this day for me. But we want to partner together. But then I'd also say this, some of you have vision to start clubs in our schools. Some of you have vision to say, pick me, I want to get into our public schools to be able to offer this hope. As I said, I don't have the solutions. I don't have the answers. But the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us, I believe, will give us the insight, will give us the answers but it first starts of a heart that is wanting to care somebody asked me the other day it's like you know uh, how are we doing like are just people showing up on sunday and they check the box and then they go on to the next week and then they just wait for the next sunday to say hey i want to get excited again with worship and then they check the box and they go away and come the next sunday and so on and so forth? Or is there something that begins to catalyze inside your heart to say, I gotta live differently. I've got to live differently and I've got to do different things because my life has become about me. When Jesus says, let the little children come, in other words, the way that you've been thinking and the way you've been doing maybe needs to change. The disciples missed what Jesus wanted to do. I don't want to miss. See, those were the followers of Jesus, his disciples. They still missed the point. <laughs> and I just, I just don't want to miss it. And I don't think you want to miss it either. Because God is stirring inside his people to do something so differently. To reach in different ways. To, to go after things in a different way. <sighs> it's late. I need to close. But I just want to tell you how much, one, I love you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there's a young person. I love you. <laughs> I love the old ones too, but man, the young ones, young ones. <laughs> I know some of you guys hear, hear me think it's like, hey, don't forget about us. We matter too. <laughs> and you do. I knew that voice. It's Nate. Where's Nate? Is that you, buddy? I love you, Nate. Well, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this family. I'm also mindful today, Lord Jesus, that there might be some here who have never made a commitment to follow you, Lord Jesus. And it's great to talk about this spiritual family, but they don't feel like they belong. They don't feel like they're a part 
And what makes us join together is our relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, you went to the cross for us to take care of our sins so we can live free from the guilt and shame. If there's anybody here today that would like to receive Jesus into their hearts, into their lives, would you just slip up your hand just so I can see it? And I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to make you do anything. I just want to pray with you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else today say, I want to know Jesus for the first time in my life. Maybe I want to rededicate my life to him. Anybody else? I want to make sure that you don't miss this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, those who raise your hand, just pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Thank you for the work on the cross. For going to the cross, for, for dying on the cross for me. They didn't stay on the cross, Lord Jesus. You, you rose again, saying that this is who you are. You're the Son of God, and that you have conquered death. You've conquered depression. You've conquered the, the hurt and the pain and the guilt and the shame. That we can experience new life with you, Lord Jesus. Father, for those who entered your kingdom today, that's what it means. When we accept you, Lord Jesus, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Let's rejoice with them. Let's give a big hand. Well, in closing, um, today I just want to let you know I'm wearing our baptism shirt made new. In two weeks uh, from now, we're going to be having our baptism. If you gave your life to Jesus today, your next step is water baptism. You can go on to our, on to our website to Next Steps. You can sign up to be water baptized. Watch a video to know what it means. If you've never been baptized... Two weeks from now is your time to be baptized. I love you guys, and, and I, I want you to be changed by the Word of God, and I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and uh, guide you. So this week, go follow Him as we look to Jesus and we look to Him to know that He is our, our perfecter of our faith. All right? You guys rise to your feet. For those of you who need to go, you can go. For those of you who want to close with a song, you can close with a song. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.